and welcome to this edition of EMS Now Up Close. I am Eric Miskell with EMS Now, and it's my pleasure today to be speaking with Thibaut Cesarine. Thibaut is the uh, USA Managing Director with CIPEM, and CIPEM is a division of the ICAPE group. And I will let Thibaut kind of explain all of that to us here in just a minute. Um, Thibaut, welcome. We have not uh, spoken before, so I look forward to the opportunity to, to, to speak with you, get to know you a little better, and hear more about what's happening within SIPEM. Um, so welcome to this edition of EMS Now Up Close. Why don't we begin by allowing you just to introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, Eric. Uh, thank you very much for welcoming me. That's a pleasure for me, and I appreciate the opportunity, so thank you very much. So yes, I mean, real quick, I'm Thibaut. Um, I'm right now the SIPEM USA Managing Director here in the USA, basically covering the Canadian market and the East Coast of the USA. Uh, just regarding my background real quick, I've been working with ICAP Group since uh, for five and a half years now. So I started based in China as a sales manager for Australia and uh, New Zealand markets. So that was really good because I had the opportunity to be with uh, the people in the service office. So, uh, as you know, we have, uh, uh, I would say, maybe one of the biggest uh, service office in the world uh, in China. And I was just there, you know, with uh, negotiating with factories, uh, talking with purchasers and so on. So that was a very good uh, mm -hmm. um, chance for me. Um, a year and a half after that, we decided to reorganize, restructure the service offices for Saipem uh, in China. Mm -hmm. And so I've been appointed as a procurement pricing manager, uh, so in China, to still base there. Basically, we built a team of 10 purchasers, uh, negotiating with suppliers, analyzing specs, and sending uh, um, offers to customer. Mm -hmm. So we had a, a very transversal vision of, um, of all the different departments within a supply chain, you know, logistic, engineering, um, uh, quotation side, uh, purchasing, uh, customer service, and so on. So that was a really good, really good opportunity. And we managed during four years to keep all the human resources over there. So right now we have a very capable team over there in uh, in China, understanding all the all the the aspects of the supply chain for our customers. So that's why I think we are very strong on 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 this point is understanding what customer needs. Good. Good. That's basically it for me, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Todd, well, let's move into Saipem then. Saipem is kind of custom technical parts from China, essentially, right? Um, tell us about that business and also how it's developing here in the USA and Canada. So before going a little bit in detail with Saipem USA, so yes, we do uh, custom-made technical parts. Basically, you design it and we manufacture it. Uh -huh. Even though we have also service to help on the on the on, on the design parts, mm -hmm. which opened two years ago. So yeah, we work basically with OEM and EMS, and we we provide custom-made technical parts for several fields: uh, automotive, medical, consumer, multimedia, industry, mirroring, and so on. Mm -hmm. We have a wide range of product actually, uh, but it's easier, and I prefer to insist on the best sellers that we have. So we do custom and common cable assemblies and connectors, which is our best seller here in Saipem. Uh, we do power supplies with Walmart, interchangeable adapters, desktop adapters, open frame LED drivers. 
Also, we do a lot of low to high frequency transformers uh, for EMS, uh, cores and inductors, and a lot of membrane switch keypad, overlays and silicon keypad, mostly on the HVAC uh, field and on the automotive field here in the US and Canada. Um, we also provide mechanical parts, and also this is mainly for HVAC and automotive fields, so metal shields, um, heat sinks, plastic and silicone parts, covers, and so on. Okay. Um, USA, the field diary, uh, opened in 2016. So during two, when, during two, three years, there was a single person over there to develop the business, you know, and be at the break even. Uh, once the company started to, to make money, and during the last two years, we hired two, two persons. So two sales engineers, one manager account in Canada, basically covering uh, Ontario and Quebec region, and uh, one uh, American guy here in the US uh, covering mostly New England and the, uh, upstate New York. Okay. <clears throat> uh, in terms of uh, figures, uh, last year, so here I'm excluding the PCB business because we also have a, a PCB portion of it and a lab service portion of it. Uh, Saipem USA did a 5.5 million uh, turnover uh, in USD in 2021. Okay. And we are targeting a 20% increase for 2022. Okay. I'm planning, we are planning to, to hire another account manager with base here in the US uh, and most likely we'll be covering uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware and, and, and New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So good business and it sounds like it's developing and moving forward nicely. Yeah. I mean, you always have to fight for it. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's pretty busy days, but uh, yeah, so far so good. Everything is fine. Everything is very good. Okay. Now an issue that that's <clears throat> obviously bears on your business. I wanted to ask you about is the whole uh, CSR corporate social responsibility issue. <clears throat> Talk about the importance of that and the impact uh, that that's having on the industry for you. Yeah, since since uh, three, four years, and even today, you know, the CSR has become essential, really essential. So all the customers, partners, employees, they are no longer just about their economic profitability. They're, they're increasingly moving towards companies that care about people and the environment. So, and, you know, with the demand of, with Fox, for circuit boards, technical parts used by millions every day. Yeah. This comes at um, a significant uh, environmental, social, and human cost. Right. So in ICAP, we really had to put in place some solution to overcome this. Okay. So tell me about that part of it. What is it that ICAP has been doing to kind of address these? I mean, there's a, there's been a, I would say thousand of factions, but uh, basically I'm going to try to to be squared a little bit. So what is important is that we have a CSR department and manager directly attached to the CEO with the company. So within the group, the CSR committee and the manager is overseeing the deployment of our CSR approach and is reporting to the board of directors directly. Regarding the action, uh, I could talk more or less about the ethic ethics aspects. Uh, so, and a big point for us is the equity in hiring because today we have 600 employees all over the world and we are covering 33 nationalities. And you know, this uh, enriches the, the culture and the expertise and, and the expertise, sorry, of ICAP group. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a crucial point 
for CSR strategy to put everything in place um, so that discrimination in hiring does not exist in high cap group. Also, we have more than than fifty percent of our staff of our staff are women, okay. and you know the the gender parity on the board of directors is respected, and as well as the company. So this is also something very important for us. Okay. Uh, we are putting in place a dedicated uh, sustainability audits of our partners factories in China. So we have a team of trained CSR auditors based in our service office in China. So in Guangdong province and in Jiangxi province. And we are in the process of organizing development audits uh, for all our partner factories and all these based on the ISO 26,000 standards. Um, What can I say more? Yeah, we also launched a nonprofit organization called iCape Planet Blue. Uh, so that's French, uh, means mm-hmm. a blue planet, uh, which aims to support environmental, educational, and social projects. So just to give you one example, mm-hmm. we gave uh, financial support to a French humanitarian convoy for Ukraine. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's more or less for the ethics aspect mm-hmm. and uh, regarding the ecological one. Uh, I could talk about transportation and supply chain. So we 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 put in place uh, action uh, and we have implemented action to reduce the carbon impact on logistics with consolidation strategy, call of orders, VMI, CMI, uh, promotion of maritime transport in quotation. So basically when you receive right now um, a quotation from, from ICAP group, you have the air transport price and the sea transport price with a a green leaf uh, highlighted on the sea transport price to try to also explain to our customer our approach. Okay. And we're also developing rail, rail transport uh, towards uh, Europe mainly. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, the approach is uh, and the approach is to for our supply chain to be with uh, eco-friendly uh, shipping practices. And the goal is really to try to optimize on-site resources, uh, planning, execution, and also try to eliminate un- unnecessary trips. Yeah, <clears throat> okay. Um, we also have a, a brand new EV station since last year because we're transiting slowly to a fleet of uh, hybrid and electrical vehicles. So we are uh, equipping all our offices with EV charging stations. Uh, we have uh, some in France, some in Germany, some in Italy already, and uh, this is an ongoing process that we're trying to do all over the world. Okay. Yeah. And is that for <clears throat> is that for the uh, for the suppliers? Is that for your fleet? Is that for the employees? That is that is for the fleet of all our uh, sales because you know our sales are on the road uh, every day. So that's mm-hmm. mostly for our uh, for our team. Gotcha. And, um, regarding the. Um, on supplier side, we try also to uh, implement in the purchasing contract uh, uh, gas emission, uh, uh, greenhouse gas emission, I would say, uh, footprint measure. So we try to add this inside the purchasing contract with our supplier to try to limit the, the emission uh, of, uh, of gas. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, because especially I know on the PCB side, uh, it's interesting about the environmental piece because building boards isn't necessarily the cleanest process in the world, right? So there's 
um, although that's changed over the years. So I'd like to ask you a little bit about some of the uh, more market insights on from you on various commodities that are that are being used by AK Group in the in the industry, and kind of get an update on on what are you seeing in, on the on those kind of commodity things like you know the laminates, the gold, the copper, the the, the oil, all those things. We can we can maybe start to 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 talk about the laminate price because this is also most of the business for IK Group on PCB. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically we are forty five percent cheaper uh, compared to last year, mm-hmm. but compared to pre pandemic, we still we still something like be, anywhere between seven to fifteen percent more expensive. So we are seeing a, an improvement. We are not there yet compared to pre pandemic, but it's on a really good way, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, regarding uh, gold, maybe we can talk about gold also because for the finishing of our PCBs, it's also something important. The, the, the US inflation data is high and the market confidence index is low. P- people be- basically tend to go on safe investment since uh, the pandemic, I would say. And that is why the value increased a little bit for, yeah. uh, for the gold in the last two years. And now it is uh, uh, steady. Okay. On copper, uh, copper, we witnessed a, a decrease of price since last year, and this, according to me, is mainly due to you know to we have to be honest uh, uh, a slowdown in growth and maybe also rising of uh, inventories. Okay. Uh, regarding the oil price, uh, as you might know, uh, crude oil price was uh, really high on Q1 and Q2, yeah, right? Really. It tends to decrease on Q3. This is what we are seeing uh, because, you know, the USA, they, they added 1.28 billion barrels per day. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's it represents approximately a, a third of Russia's supply gap, you know. So, and since the war between Russia and Ukraine is uh, at a standstill, uh, the market has mostly absorbed the impact mm-hmm. uh, of the conflict uncertainty for the time being. So mm-hmm. the, the risk premium, level for crude oil has decreased a little bit. And regarding the, the oil price, same. Uh, price were really high in Q1 and Q2, but tends to decrease in Q3. Um, it's really going towards a decline. Uh, we witness it anyway. Uh, but during Q1 and Q2, you know, it, the price of oil was higher than, uh, than crude oil. But I mean, the... <coughs> The price is still impacted uh, by pandemic measures in China, for example, uh, and also the conflict in uh, the conflict in Ukraine, which continues to 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 increase the pressure on supply chain. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's good. So it sounds like costs are generally higher compared to pre-pandemic. Still, though, at this point. I didn't hear you. Sorry. I said. I said. So generally speaking, costs are are higher if you compare it to pre-pandemic costs. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had a big increase in Q1 and Q2. We see a decrease, but if you compare between pre-pandemic, of course, as I said, uh, with the situation in China, um, with the zero COVID politics, and also the conflict in Ukraine, uh, you know, all that uh, uh, inside makes, uh, of course, uh, the price uh, higher than pre-pandemic, for sure. You know, you touch on an important point there, and I'd like to maybe move into that. And that's about the logistics part, because, you know, the China, what you're talking about with the shutdown, obviously that that impacts the logistics and moving things in and out of China. But uh, so so tell me about 
kind of the related logistical challenges that, that the IK group faces and kind of how how you're responding to those? First, regarding the the port in Hong Kong or in Nanjing and Xiamen, there is some conjecture. Um, I have witnessed uh, some conjecture also in North America uh, regarding ports. Uh, so in Hong Kong today, there is conjecture. Uh, to be honest, it's anywhere between uh, seven to 10 days. But the good news also is that we have partner factories in Nanjing city and Xiamen city, and there is no conjecture over there. So that's something also good. And as you just said, you know, that, yeah, transportation is really tense at the moment. Price are, price are really high. So yeah, we try to develop a strategy, uh, a strategic network uh, of supply chain responses with ground transport, railway, and sea freight. So as I said before, we do a lot of consignment stock for flexible payment also, restocking ease and shorter lead time for customer. But this uh, helps, you know, to get the product from Asia directly to the US, for example, and to avoid the problem of congestion, problem of lead time. Mm-hmm. Also with the CMI and the VMI, which is today for me, uh, I think the best way to manage inventory with customers and we, which we, we started to do this a year ago. And we work a lot with blanket orders uh, and call off orders, which is uh, working really well for the moment. I'm doing this with uh, uh, with our biggest customer here for Cypem USA, uh, mainly in, in the in the H, uh, HVAC uh, field. Okay. So we we try to support supply chain with a with an eye of sustainability and eco friendly shipping practices. So the goal here is really to yeah you know uh, optimize everything and try to to get the best. Uh, yeah. Answer customers. Yeah, and it's I was just reading something. I believe it was earlier this week about logistics and how the the shipping is easing a bit because of you know there's greater space availability. There's great so and with the easing comes a little bit of a reduction in the transportation costs as well. So um, so evidently that might be a positive trend here. So yeah, I've been. Uh... I've been calling the uh, our warehouse in Montreal is uh, pretty full right now <laughs> for Canada <laughs> for the Canadian market, but uh, mostly yeah there is there there is still some space, but this is why we are also working with different warehouses all over the world. We are implementing a partnership of having warehouse. Uh, I mean a little bit everywhere yeah. because you know sometimes when it's bonded on everything, it's a bit complicated for us to to serve well the customer. So that is why we try to work with CMI, VMI, call of orders, and try to get the stock directly to uh, to the location where it needs to be, mm-hmm. and uh, you know taking charge of the the stock and uh, and uh, the dispatch uh, order. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Now, thank you. This has given a very good overview of kind of your activities and you know how you're addressing the market and various challenges that are posed. Uh, for those people watching this who are interested and might want to be <clears throat> reach out to you other than going through LinkedIn, I know you're on there. Uh, how can people uh, meet you and get a hold of you? Uh, first, thank you very much, Eric. I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to, 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 to speak with you today and to speak a little bit about uh, ICAP Group and, uh, and mostly the IPM activity. Um, well, uh, we will be at the the, the Heptec, uh at Montreal and in Quebec on the 13th and the 15th of uh, September. So that's next next week from now. Yeah. So even you, Eric, you're welcome to come, and anyone is welcome to to just come to see us, and we will uh, gladly speak and uh, explain everything about ICAM Group and 
how can we help you? Yeah, exactly. And those who may not be able to get up there, they can certainly reach out to you and find you both through the SIPEM website and also uh, through LinkedIn. So, Yes, correct. Uh, we have uh, the, the, the mailbox uh, to, to contact us through the website, but uh, on my side, I'm based in Boston. So all the East area, I'm, uh, I'm here and uh, uh, I can help. And I am also uh, moving uh, and driving a lot to to Canada. So you can find me on LinkedIn as well. I mean, yeah, pretty easy today to do it. No, thank you for saying that. And that also explains, I was wondering what your accent was. Now I know it's the Boston accent. That's what I, uh, that's what I hear there. So uh, you got me. I, I tried to hide it, you know, but uh, <laughs> anyway, that's pretty funny for everyone here since I arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Thibaut, it has been a real pleasure getting to meet you and, and uh, hearing more about your activities and what's happening. I wish you success and hopefully we can catch up again in the future. I hope so. Thank you very much, Eric. It's been a pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thibaut. Take care.